Now, Michelle, this is where it does get a little bit confusing, and that is telling the difference between a Type 2, which you are holding, and a Type 3, which I am holding. What is the actual physical difference between these two jackets? Yeah, I can see how people can get confused. Um, the only difference is the colour, okay? So with the Type 2, you've got the bright colours. High-vis. High-vis, yep. And with these Type 3s, they can be any colour. There you go. Curious, bud? Basically, you use a long S whenever you've got a word that uses a single S, or when a word uses two S's at once, in which case the long S is used as the first S, and then you use the regular S as the second S, but only if that S is at the beginning or in the middle of the word in question. Clear as mud, right? In Seattle, different schools raise different amounts, which can make individual school funding difficult to understand. It's not ever really clearly explained to, I think, me or other people exactly how much one school gets versus another school. It's not really as clear, I think. It's as clear as mud, essentially. G'day, guys, and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day you mob, how's it going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. I'm your host, Pete, and today is another expression episode where I'll be teaching you an expression, talking a bit about Australian culture, talking a bit about me, giving you some exercises to practice, and then a bit more about Australia at the end. So, it's been a good week, guys. I I hope you guys have all been well. I've been busy as a bee, been working hard, hanging out with the family. Uh, What did I do yesterday? I bought a barbecue yesterday, that's right. So, it was kind of a snap decision, something I decided to do um, at the drop of a hat, randomly, spontaneously. I had been wanting to get a barbecue for a while. I'd been thinking about it, I guess, like in the back of my mind, I'd been thinking, you know, summer's coming and uh, it's a sort of staple. It's a requirement for most Aussie houses and and, uh, families to have a barbecue so that you can socialise and cook meals outside when it's nice sunny and summery. So, we nipped down to Bunnings, took Noah and Kel, and we- it was a bit of an adventure. Noah definitely loves Bunnings, my God. So, we got- we got to Bunnings, we walk inside, and he's just off the chain, right? He- (laughs) he's sort of like- he's like a dog off the chain where he just immediately runs off down some aisle, is pulling things off shelves, looking at things, touching things, and uh, is just a real handful. So, we made our way all the way back down to the aisle where the barbecue stuff was. I was checking out all the different brands. I think there were things- one brand that's really top end is called Matador. I think Kel was laughing because that's, um, you know, effectively killer in Portuguese. I think it's originally Spanish, Matador, and it is the guy who is the bull killer when they're in the arena with a bull, right? The bullfighter's there, the matador's the guy that comes out and kills the bull. Anyway, so that's one of the brands. And then there was another one called Jumbuck, which I believe is a an Aussie term for, I think, 
a sheep, right? Once a jolly swag man came by the river. There's that waltzing Matilda song that mentions a jumbuck. I'm trying to remember the lyrics, but I can't. <laughs> anyway, check that out. So, I ended up getting a six burner jumbuck um, barbecue. And I was actually really surprised. It ended up only being about $500, $550. And I was expecting a barbecue of that size uh, to be much, much, much more expensive. They're usually about $1,000 or more. So, yeah. Ended up buying that. Needed a bloke to give me a hand to wheel it out to the car so that I could get it in the car. Kel, obviously, being about four or five months pregnant now, was not in a state or position to help me lift the huge box that was um, what the barbecue was in into the back of the car. So, I had this guy come out and help me and it fit like a glove. It fit perfectly in the back of the car. There was a photo on Instagram. You'll see Noah is really excited inside the car, slapping his hands down on the seat and on the box. So, anyway, I got that back to my house and ended up uh, needing dad to come over. I had to call up my dad and ask him to come over so that we could put it together and, yeah, get it, get it all, get it all going. So, I ended up doing that. It was a bit fiddly. There were quite a few that it came with a bunch of these screws that were kind of loose. And so, when we were putting it together, I screwed all of them in tightly only to realize later that they needed to be loose for you to slide components over. And then, realized that the there was something on the back, a washer or a kind of nut that supports, that kind of holds the screw in. And I had to get in there and try and loosen those from the inside, which was a bitch. That was a really difficult thing to do, a pain in the ass. But anyway, got it going and had a, a good dinner last night, had some some picanha. All my Brazilians will love that. So, that's rump steak, picanha. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Been a good week. So, I hope you guys are all going well. Um, Before we get into this episode, after this, you know, bit of a ramble there at the start, but I love sharing my week with you guys. Um, Don't forget if you want the transcripts and the downloads and the premium podcast player so that you can listen and read all of these episodes at the same time. You can take notes, you can learn all the vocab, everything like that. You can join the premium podcast membership when you go to aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. If you would like the premium podcast and a bunch of courses that break down expression episodes like this. I believe we've got a hundred or more of those courses in the academy. Um, there are also shadowing courses. There are weekly speaking calls with Ian. Then I recommend that you join the academy. So, go and check that out at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash academy. There's a lot of other stuff in there too. And then I guess course-wise, if you're interested in things like phrasal verbs, improving your listening comprehension rapidly, checking out the Real English Discussions course, and then obviously the pronunciation course, which I am currently working on. I have finished writing all of the lessons. I've recorded about a third of them, and I have sent them to my editor, Francis, who is currently doing about one a day and getting them back to me. And at the moment, I'm aiming to have this out on the 15th of November, but we will see. Fingers crossed. That's the day that I want to launch. Uh, I'm announcing that now to have a bit of accountability, but we'll have to see how quickly Francis can edit all of these videos, okay? So, yeah, keep an eye out for the pronunciation course. It is coming. All right. So, that was a bit of a long intro there, guys, but as usual, let's get into a joke. So, the expression is clear as mud. We'll get into that in a bit, but I thought when I was looking for a joke, I'll try and find one related to dirt or mud. So, here's the joke. All right. Are you ready? Do you want to hear a dirty joke? 
a white horse fell in the mud. Do you get it? <laughs> so, all right, the, the pun here is on the word dirty. So, dirty is obviously, you know, if you were to say fall in the mud, in um, mud, which is soil, uh, other muck that's got liquid in it so that it's kind of viscous. If that gets on you, you tend to get dirty, right? If you play in the in the backyard and you roll around in the dirt, you'll co- get covered in grass and uh, dirt and soil and sand and dust and all other sorts of stuff. You get dirty. But we use the word dirty to also mean um, sexual in this sense and kind of like in a negative kind of risque way. So, if I tell you a dirty joke- it, sa- it says, it suggests that it's going to be about, you know, something sexual or maybe about um, something disgusting, about nudity, about bodily, um, you know, organs, things like that. You know, it's going to be an improper joke. Maybe that's a better way of explaining it. So, if I tell you a dirty joke, I tell you a an improper joke, one that is not not something you would probably tell your grandmother. But the joke here is obviously that if I say to you, do you want to hear a dirty joke? And you're like, yeah, you're expecting to hear something, you know, maybe a joke about a naked man or maybe a joke about, you know, a woman with no shirt on. I don't know. And then I tell you that the answer is a white horse, a very clean horse, a white horse falls in the mud. That's a different kind of dirty. You're thinking, oh, okay. So, the joke is about being dirty, getting dirty, getting covered in dirt. Anyway, that's the joke. So, the expression today is as clear as mud, or you could just say clear as mud. Let's go through and define each of these words. So, clear, when talking about a substance, say, like mud or water or coke or beer, if something is clear, it's transparent, it's unclouded, you can see through it. But the word clear can also be used to say that something is easy to perceive or understand or interpret. So, for example, if I give you instructions, if those instructions are clear, they are easily understood. The word as, as is used in comparisons to refer to the extent or degree of something. So, if I say something is as big as a tree, I'm comparing it to the size of a tree being, you know, the size being big. If I say something is as slow as a snail, I am comparing it to the speed that a snail moves at, which is relatively slow. There might be some fast snails out there, but I'm yet to come across one. And then lastly, mud is the soft, sticky matter resulting from the mixture of earth, soil and water. That is mud. At the moment, Noah loves playing outside after it's rained in muddy puddles. He loves getting dirty. He often falls in the mud and gets dirty. So, then, if something is as clear as mud, this is a bit of an oxymoron, right? It's kind of a contradiction in terms because mud generally is not clear. So, if something is as clear as mud, it's not transparent, literally. But the expression here means that it is something that is not easily understood. It is something that is difficult to understand. It's incredibly confusing. It is as clear as mud, right? So, it is the opposite of kind of crystal clear. Oh, that's crystal clear. That's very easily understood. Uh, It's not confusing at all. Whereas this thing is as clear as mud. It's incredibly confusing. 
So, let's go through some examples here, guys, of how I would use this expression in day-to-day life. So, imagine you're on a road trip in the Aussie outback and you're looking for some, you know, a specific campground where you want to set up your tent and stay the night. For whatever reason, you end up taking a wrong turn, you get lost and you find yourself in the middle of nowhere. Someone drives past and sees that you're in a bit of a bind, that you're in a bit of trouble and they offer to give you a hand. So, they, you know, pull the car over, they park and they say, you know, are you after directions? Oh, you want to get to this campground? So, here's how you do it. Drive 4.5 k's this way, turn left, cross a small creek, drive for another 10 k's, you'll see a small house, turn left then and then turn right and then cross the bridge and there's your destination on the left. And you might say, uh, those instructions were as clear as mud. <laughs> like, they were incredibly confusing. I have no idea where I'm going. I don't have the foggiest idea what you just told me. Can you maybe write it down? Because those instructions, that explanation was as clear as as mud. Example number two, imagine that it's Noah's birthday in a week or so and Kel is like wanting to cook him this really extravagant and impressive cake. So, she looks up all these recipes online, you know, she surfs the internet, tries to find a bunch of really interesting cake recipes. She ends up choosing some crazy extravagant cake, you know, multiple stories on it. Um, Maybe there's a robot on the top, who knows? It's, you know, some crazy, crazy recipe. So, she um, prints off the recipe for the cake, she gets a list of the ingredients she needs, she heads down to Coles or Woolies, she buys everything, she comes home, but then as she's trying to make the cake and she's going through the the recipe, the instructions, step by step, she realises that they are incredibly convoluted, they're contradictory, they're confusing, they're as clear as mud, right? The instructions, the recipe is clear as mud, confusing as hell. And example number three, imagine you're applying for JobKeeper. You know, Melbourne was in lockdown because of COVID. A lot of businesses have used JobKeeper where the government helps pay um, the wages of employees. So, you need to apply for JobKeeper. You get on the MyGov Australian government website, you log in, you find the form that you need to fill out. You're hoping it's a piece of cake. You're hoping it's easy, you know, as easy as one, two, three. But once you start filling it out, you realise that it is incredibly confusing. It needs all kinds of evidence and documents like bank bank statements and tax returns and birth certificates and passports. And you've got to fill out a huge questionnaire, then you have to do a phone interview. And then you realise, oh, okay, the instructions for getting this JobKeeper are as clear as mud. They're incredibly confusing. They're hard to understand. They're clear as mud. Um, But yeah. Before we finish there, don't don't worry. I've sort of made up that story in terms of JobKeeper. If you get there on the MyGov website, I think it's actually quite easy to sort out. So, if you are in, in need of that currently in Australia, don't freak out. You know, hopefully, I assume that the instructions are much clearer than mud. So, there you go, guys. That is the expression clear as mud or as clear as mud. Remember, it means that something is not easily understood. It's really confusing. It's convoluted. It is contradictory. It's confusing. I don't understand. It's clear as mud. So, let's have a listen to some of those examples that we heard at the start again and see if you can now understand how the expression clear as mud is being used. Let's go. 
Now Michelle, this is where it does get a little bit confusing and that is telling the difference between a Type 2, which you are holding, and a Type 3, which I am holding. What is the actual physical difference between these two jackets? Yeah, I can see how people can get confused. Um, the only difference is the colour, okay? So with the Type 2, you've got the bright colours. High-vis. High-vis, yep. And with these Type 3s, they can be any colour. There you go. Here is one. Basically, you use a long S whenever you've got a word that uses a single S, or when a word uses two S's at once, in which case the long S is used as the first S, and then you use the regular S as the second S, but only if that S is at the beginning or in the middle of the word in question. Clear as mud, right? In Seattle, different schools raise different amounts, which can make individual school funding difficult to understand. It's not ever really clearly explained to, I think, me or other people exactly how much one school gets versus another school. It's not really as clear, I think. It's as as clear as mud, essentially. All right, great work, guys. Now let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise. This is your chance, as always, in these expression episodes for you to practice your pronunciation. So I'm going to say a bunch of phrases, guys, and I want you to listen and repeat after me and work on your pronunciation. Let's go. It's... It's as, it's as clear, it's as clear as, it's as clear as mud, it's as clear as mud, it's as clear as mud, it's as clear as mud. It's as clear as mud. I said it's as clear as mud. You said it's as clear as mud. He said it's as clear as mud. She said it's as clear as mud. We said it's as clear as mud. They said it's as clear as mud. It said it's as clear as mud. Great work, guys. Great work. So, there's a few things going on there in terms of pronunciation and connected speech. For instance, I'll say, I said it's... And you're not going to hear a D, D sound linking said and it's. You're going to hear a T flap because there's a vowel on either side of that D. So, you can hear a T flap or you can also call it a D flap. But you'll hear the flap T, the flap D instead of a hard D sound. I said it's. You said it's. He said it's. And then another thing is that you'll hear the linking R between the word clear and as. So, because clear ends with an R, we don't pronounce it unless there's a vowel after it. And because as starts with a vowel sound, we therefore say the R in clear as. So, say that with me. Clear as. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. And the last thing you might notice there is that the word as is reduced and we use a schwa vowel sound. So, we won't You can say 
as, like you can pronounce it with the ah vowel sound, but when we're speaking quickly and we're using connected speech, we'll reduce it, you'll get a schwa vowel sound, and so instead you're going to hear it's as clear as mud, instead of it's as clear as mud. It's as clear as mud. It's as clear as mud. So, before we finish, guys, I thought we could talk about yabbies, Charax destructor. That is the species name of the Australian yabby. What is a yabby? A yabby is a freshwater crayfish that lives in Australia. So, a few facts about these and I'll give you a story of mine. Yabbies, these are species that are found throughout Australia and Charax destructor is found all up the east coast from Tasmania in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland and it's also found in parts of South Australia and the Northern Territory. It's also been introduced into Western Australia, although it is an invasive species there. It's not native to Western Australia. These little guys are looking- they look like lobsters, right? We call them freshwater crayfish or yabbies. That's the sort of slang term for them, yabbies. And they live in swamps, streams, rivers, reservoirs and farm dams. So, they're found in many ephemeral waterways as well that can dry up. And the yabbies can actually survive these dry conditions, you know, years of drought. They can survive for several years where they lie dormant in their burrows that are sunk really deep into the muddy swamp or creek bed. They're primarily nocturnal, so they're active at night, and they're considered detritivores, which means that they eat detritus material, which is dead plant, algae, or animal material, anything they can get their pincers on, they'll eat. They're active during most of the year, as long as temperatures are above 16 degrees Celsius. And yabbies are eaten in Australia, like crayfish in other countries. They're boiled and they're eaten either plain or with condiments. And if you go to some high-end restaurants around Australia, you may find them in salads or even in pasta dishes. So, those are yabbies. Now, I wanted to talk about these because we had these on our farm. My grandparents have a farm up near Bendigo. And when I used to go there as a kid, they had yabby nets that you could throw into the different dams that were on the farm property. And the yabbies, well, you would you would throw this, um, I guess it's kind of like a netted cage into the water. And in the middle of it, you would have some meat, some chicken or some lamb or something that's in a, in a little bag. The yabbies in the water would smell this. They'd come out of their burrows. They'd go into this cage and they would try eating this material. And then you could obviously go and fish the- the little cage out of the dam at some point, take it back up to the cabin where we would stay when we were at the farm and we could cook them up. So, I had a lot of good memories as a kid, as a very young kid, going to the farm and, you know, preparing these kinds of yabby traps, throwing them into the dams, coming back the next day in the morning and being really excited to pull them out of the the dam and see what we caught or more often than not what we hadn't caught. But yeah, it was a really cool part of growing up in Australia. So, anyway, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're safe and sound, surviving, you know, keep your head down, stay away from COVID, wherever you are in the world, and keep working hard. So, I'm your host, Pete. This is Aussie English. It's been another expression episode, and it's been my pleasure. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you soon. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at 
www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon. The clips used in this episode come from the YouTube channels Maritime Safety Victoria, Austin McConnell, and In Close. If you'd like to check them out, they'll be in the show notes and the transcript.